Listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season capital H capital S all one word. Hockey Season that will get you $5 off your order at zephyrepic.com z e p h y r epic. You can find them on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, what have you. Zephyr Epic has got you covered on your trading card needs, so go check them out. Resale location in Surrey as well. The best part about Zephyr Epic, they ship free anywhere in Canada from... From Victoria, beautiful place, capital of British Columbia. Ten-year-old kids in BC learn that because they all think that Vancouver is the capital. But Victoria, capital of British Columbia, all the way to Verdon, Manitoba, which has a population of 3,114 no, the farming community, they call it over there, Gopher Creek. So that's a cool uh, cool farming community name, I think, personally. And uh, some attractions in Verdun is what everyone's asking for probably right now. The Verdun Pioneer Home Museum, which is known as the Victorian Home of the Prairies. Verdun, wow. Manitoba. That's, that's a nice tie-in. Want to know a good notable person from Verdun, Manitoba as well? Sure. You see him on... Uh, Shark Tank, is that what it is? No, Dragon's Den. That's the Canadian version. Also, I think, like what, owner, CEO of Boston Pizza, Jim Tre Living. Wow. There you go. Nice work. Yeah. That was a good find. Okay. We're also delivered by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. I almost forgot that. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place. And, oh, what's that? What's going Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 There he is. Harmon Dial joining us. Harmon, your intro music hit. How have you been? Uh, been been doing well. My credit card bill was about to come uh, any oh. day now, so I figured I have to hop back in the studio, <laughs> fire up the intro, and um, cash cash some checks. 
So how have you been? Like truly, like our listeners haven't heard from you. And when's the last time we had Harmon on? It feels like I a month. saw you, and it was like, yo, nice to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a long time. So where you been? It's it's been a a lot. It's been busy. I've been obviously doing not only Canucks stuff, but chipping in with some playoff coverage as well uh, at the Athletic, and so just kind of branching out a little bit there. Uh, I've been uh, I spent a weekend at. Um, uh, at my parents' is uh, kind of like they're, they're starting an orchard at uh, an apple orchard at, at kind of like this. Um, I wouldn't call it a farm necessarily, but it's it's a big property. Uh, so helped out there for a weekend. And then I've also picked up badminton. I've gotten super, oh, wow. super really? into it. Yeah. With me and, me and one of my close friends just on a whim, we were like, let's let's go and we've gotten super into it now so so where do you go for badminton also just glossing over the apple farm thing yeah no so we we go to a community center right by my house oh, and um it's funny because him and i were both kind of in the same position where we never really played badminton growing up but we in pe class yes would do it and we'd crush yeah so we were like uh like like we're gonna be good at this right so we show up to the community center first time and we've got our rackets and everything, and we see mo- most of the people there are, I'd say, between the ages of like 25 and 55. So we're some of the younger, youngest people out yeah. there, and, and we're athletic, right? And so we didn't think we were going to come in and, and, and dominate, but we're thinking, oh, we're, we're, we're watching just, just on the silence. We're like, oh, we're, we're faster than these guys. Like, we'll be, we'll be pretty good. First day we go in and, and we lose every single game. It's it's doubles. <laughs> and uh, so that was humbling, but we've gotten a lot better since. And now I'm like really into it. So that's awesome. Okay. So the, the, the farm thing we got to talk. I know you just said it wasn't a farm, but when you were away and Faber was explaining where you were, I was like, wait, what? Because by my count, he's the only active media member who is also farming at the same time as doing their media duties. I'd, I'd hardly call that farming for me. I'd sp- <laughs> I spent maybe two days there. It's, it's, it's all been my uh, dad, but yeah, super small town there. Um, it's, I, I think the, the biggest attraction there is probably the subway. Uh, wow. About a kilometer, kilometer down. So, um, it's it's a nice, nice kind of area though. It's uh, it's picturesque with the mountains, and um, it's giving me a new respect for. I mean, it's giving me, giving me a new respect for the for the job I have. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I mean, putting fertilizer around like five or six thousand trees. Um, cool. I'll 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 take uh, I'll take my day job. I'm not quitting that anytime soon. I just see it as like harm showing up and like. Everyone's expecting, like you said, like, oh, you're laying fertilizer, you're, you know, trimming things, cutting things. But I feel like Harm's family gets everything set up. Then they bring in Harm and he's like, all right, this is how many seeds per 60 we're putting in. This is like (laughs) the Apple entries per 40. Like everything's just like being counted out with the analytics department. That's what Harm comes in to do for the, for the orchard there. Uh, Yeah. Let me do the math as opposed to the actual laying everything out in the physical work. (laughs) I'll supervise. Okay. Uh, Chris, do you have anything? I, I yeah, I do. I, I was, you know, didn't really get any sort of reaction to Verdon, Manitoba. And uh, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Didn't get any love there at all. And you're on your phone already, so you don't give a damn at all. Well, because I, I wanted to get all my ducks in a row here because you have an exciting announcement that you haven't even talked about. Because something I realized. Verdon's the home of Jim Trilliving. <laughs> A relation okay, with Brad Trilliving, right? That's a big deal. Yeah, is that... Are, are I, think there's, I, I think there's some sort of like... I think that's his son. I, think I don't know if it's his son. I think they might be... They, I think that might be his uncle or something. Mm, okay. Wow. I think I definitely think there's some relation yeah, there. Yeah, there is. I think for sure there is. That is pretty cool. Okay, so you made an announcement. We did it with a Soprano-style video 
on Twitter. Which I'll tell concern. you what. It was a I, lot better than when we announced Harmon. I was going to say, us three, that video we did for the Harmon announcement, I think we've learned our lessons from that video because this one turned out a lot better, I think. What we kind of went with was much less acting, no more lines. Uh, and yeah, I think it went a lot better. Just let the uh, landscape do the work. That's what we did. Yeah, we went with uh, let's just copy an intro off of some other show and do it that way. That's what we'll do uh, next time we bring on and someone. It, it turned out well. And, and the announcement, for those that haven't seen the video, it's the pin tweet on Canucks Army's Twitter. So go check it out. But the announcement, uh, Chris Faber over here coming on full time with the Nation Network and Canucks Army, which is super exciting. I'm super excited for that. Uh, and the most exciting part part for our listeners the most exciting fart the most exciting part okay, for no. our listeners <laughs> is that we are going five days a week next year and it's a live show which should be interesting yeah because you'll hear things like most exciting fart and it'll just stay in yeah it won't be edited out some of the things you say on you you know talking about your tiktok people that you're always following and all that stuff that's going to be staying in who do i follow on tiktok your, your addison rays and your uh, uh i don't know anybody else on there that you follow <laughs> it's the only one you're ever talking about uh but I'm excited because, like, uh, well, people, first of all, want to address this. A lot of people have been uh, in the replies asking, like, uh, you know, is, like, the feed going to change? Is it still going to be available on a podcast? And it's like, yeah, that's all going to happen. It's just uh, the live show is going to be cool because, like, I think this is what we learned doing the radio show is, like, the live interaction is really fun. And we're going to be able to have that because, like, we'll be streaming on multiple different things, like YouTube for sure. Twitter. Twitter, I think, will be, like, Twitter live there. So we'll have, like, the chats open for all those so we can kind of, like, react to people on the show and then you know still going to release it in the podcast it'll likely be up like 20 to 30 minutes right after yeah. uh right after we finish recording so all that's going to be really fun don't have to worry about that if you're just a podcast listener and you have no intentions of uh stopping by the youtube channel or anything uh podcast will all just be the exact same which is cool uh but yeah i'm really excited for the five shows a week and, and man i'll tell you like i'm just so it's crazy like in the last month like graduating school quitting Sportsnet. Now, just like having one job, it's been good. I've been feeling pretty stretched out uh, for the last like two years. So to have like one place of employment is going to be a lot better. I think it's probably going to bring better content as well. And yeah. yeah, moving the show to five days a week is I'm so pumped for that. Yeah. You know, we'll finish morning skate every morning, walk right up to my place, have the studio set up there uh, and just see how it all goes. Because it's going to be uh, the first few I don't know. I think we're going to run quite a few like trial episodes in the summer that won't end up getting posted. It'll just be for us to kind of work out the kinks for sure. But yeah, that's that's going to be really fun when we get going. It's going to be a blast and regular guests and stuff. And it's going to be uh, really good. I'm excited. I'm jacked up that uh, the Nation Network wanted to you know invest more into the Vancouver market, bring on two people full time here in Vancouver because of the good work that we've done uh, with Canucks Army and Canucks Convo. So. Yeah, I'm jacked up. I'm really excited to uh, fully get started on like July 1st, but pretty much still just doing it now, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be Biggest free agent signing of the summer. Yeah, so far. Thank you. Well, yeah, I don't think it's much bigger than uh, Niels Omar. What's what's uh, the battle there? You you almost... Okay, it's the 11-minute mark, but you almost nailed it with jumping right into hockey talk because yep. Niels Oman... Disto was in my reply. I said Omar too. I already messed Shout, it up. Yeah, you said Omar. <laughs> Shout out to Disto. Well, that's how someone told me how to pronounce it, like you were saying Omar, but Oman. Yeah, Oman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Niels Oman signed by the Vancouver Canucks. Chris, we're both defaulting to you on this one. We <laughs> were just talking about it before, uh, before the show started, and we were talking about how we don't really know much about this player. So give us the scouting report. What do the Canucks have in this player? Yeah, I was up late last night. Watched uh, a lot of his games. Watched him play uh, the World Championships. Watched uh, about a dozen games of him in the SHL. 
there's there's definitely like some raw talent that's pretty cool about this kid, like pretty exciting. Like he's he's clearly six foot two. Like he's not like one of these six foot two on skates type of guys. Like he's a big body, skates well, has good length, um, you know, an active stick in the neutral zone. He plays some center, uh, probably more on the wing. He's not great in the faceoff dot, but I think when he's playing center, actually that's where I liked him the most because he he's really smart and like I said, he's really lengthy. So like when he's the third forward in on a four check, he's really good at kind of like cutting off passing lanes when he's the the high guy, I guess, if you're looking at the forwards or the low guy, however you want to look at it uh, as the third guy in the four check is what I'm trying to say. Skates really well, like transitions really well from like when he's, you know, crossing the ice horizontally as well. And, and the first three strides are pretty impressive. There's probably some things offensively that he definitely needs to work on. If, if there's any hope for him to get to the NHL, there's a lot of things that need to improve. But I, I do think he's he's the type of player who can hop right into the AHL and be a guy that so you know plays some games. Could be a guy who plays a lot of games next year in Abbotsford. I, I'm guessing they're going to try and make sure that he's a full time center because he played a decent amount of center uh, last year. Played a lot of it in the World Championships as well. Kills penalties. Uh, just just a big body who can skate and uh, and really high motor. Like he was always moving around real hard. Like giving full effort on every shift, whether he's at five on five or on the penalty kill. So. Decent little signing. Didn't put up a lot of points last year. Um, and it, the other thing that was like really interesting to me is like, okay, so he was on the world championship team. He played in every game. And he was like, you know, I think he had like 16 points in 51 games last year, like outside of the top 200 in the SHL. Linus Carlson was ninth in scoring in the SHL, and he didn't play one game. So there's obviously something that coaches like from this player that scouts like from this player because if you're playing over the guy who's ninth in scoring and you only put up like 16 points in 52 games there's obviously a lot of things away from the puck that he does well to get that opportunity to play over a guy like Linus Carlson so yeah I'm excited to see what he looks like at development camp like what he's what he looks like compared to the other prospects in the system I expect him to be one of the guys who's a little bit more advanced than some of the players that we're going to see for the Canucks that are you know younger but inconsistencies in his game are definitely the way that he moves the puck. Like there's a lot of flubbed passes, a lot of attempts to kind of make plays out of his own zone where he used the boards to bank it out and just had really bad angles with his passes that way. It's in, and the passing from him sort of reminded me of like Danila Klinovich a little bit where, yeah, he can make some really pretty plays, but a lot of the time the, the puck doesn't get like fanned on, but it just, it doesn't come off his stick nicely. Almost like he doesn't have very accurate passes. So there's a lot of things that he needs to work on, but good skater can play center six foot two lengthy player uh, and a high motor. So feels like a decent addition to bring into your AHL team. I just, I don't think he's like jumping into the NHL sure. or bringing depth right off the bat. He's, he's probably depth AHL player right now. The one thing, and I'll have to do some digging on this is, and shout out to Daniel Wagner, who kind of pointed this out. Sounds like uh, Oman had an interview with uh, with an outlet called Dala Democraten, where he was where he said that he'd rather play in Sweden than in the AHL. Ooh, okay. So I wonder, do the Canucks think he can step into the step into the lineup right away? Because and and obviously things change, and and and, and who knows what what the exact dynamic is and. Um, what exactly went on, but initially, anyway, it seemed that when he was still a member of the Colorado Avalanche property with them, and obviously he went unsigned, but it seemed like he wanted a, an NHL spot not to necessarily go down to the AHL. Yeah, mm, okay. yeah, that was done when he was in the Colorado Avalanche organization. Hopefully, things have changed with him, or he's recognized that 
know, maybe there's an opportunity if he's able to earn it, but the, he wasn't going to get an NHL job with anyone. Yeah, pure speculation here, but I wonder if, hey, if you come here and you play in the A, you're close to Vancouver, you get to work with the Sedin Twins, maybe that had something to do with it. Yep. You never know. Perhaps. We'll, we'll see. We'll see exactly what's going to happen uh, with Neil Zoman. But it again. is interesting like that somebody, uh, you know, props to the Canucks scouting department for this because this guy wasn't one of the top, like I, the free agent that I bring up is like Ricard Hug, who's, you know, similar age, put up a lot of points, played with Linus Carlson. This is a guy, like I said, who's like outside the top 100, I think somewhere like 200th in the league in scoring. Yeah. You wouldn't expect that player to be the guy getting a contract with an NHL organization. So somebody's done a lot of scouting uh, on let me say it again. Oman is what yeah, we're saying. Yeah. I know, I, we'll see if that changes or not when he comes to North America. But <laughs> yeah, we're it'll be Oman, Yeah, we're saying Oman right now. Um, when he gets here, we'll, we'll see what happens with how he kind of just stacks up against other prospects. Like a good example would be like, how does he look compared to Arshdeep Baines, who's the leading scorer of the WHL a year young? Like Baines is a couple years younger or one year younger. How do those two like? move differently how do they handle the puck differently like i think those are two players that are going to come into the ahl team and play ahl games but what is the skill difference between our steve baines who we had on the show last week as well great interview with him um or oman like what like how different is it that you have a player here who played in the shl last year and you know looked pretty good at the world championships as well so it'll be interesting to see what happens i think there was a decent amount of improvement for him and then for penalty killing as well like he wasn't a consistent penalty killer. There were certain games where he didn't have any minutes on the PK, but then there was other games in the SHL where he had, you know, two minutes plus killing penalties. So I think that's what the Canucks are going to want to use him like in Abbotsford. He'll be a center. I think they need to work on face offs with him. Like I said earlier, he's not great in the dot, uh, but he's really good at playing the position of center. So we'll see what happens with him moving forward. He might even be like in the situation of like, like the Pedersen situation on the lot line, like where he doesn't have to take face offs, but plays as a center. We'll see if that's something that happens to play out here in the HL, but it's fine. It's a fine addition. You saw some of the forwards that the Abbotsford Canucks had to put on the ice last year, you know, guys from NCAA that they had to sign at the end of the year that just, you know, had to fit in for some games. Like, you know, Hirano had a really good run. I thought with the team, but like those type of players from the ECHL, I think this is a higher quality than what you'd be doing if you were just plucking guys out of the ECHL to fill your roster. Like this is a better player right now coming from the SHL than what you'd get out of the ECHL. Quickly wanted to get this in uh, before we transition here. Uh, Ian McIntyre had this tweet that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be rejoining the Oilers, Flames, and Canucks for the Young Stars Tournament in Penticton on September 14th to the 18th. Obviously, President Jim Rutherford was talking about the Young Stars Tournament, um, talking about how... They're going there and they're going to have it, but they weren't sure about the teams that were going to be coming. Uh, he even cracked a couple of jokes about, uh, they said they're still thinking about it. And he's like, I don't really know what they have to think about, but uh, they're thinking about it. So it seems like the thinking is done. The Jets, Oilers, Flames, uh, just those four teams for now. Uh, again, I think that's what we saw before. Just those four teams uh, will be playing the youngsters. I was Youngsters thinking Seattle's got to try and sneak well, in that it, mix, it, right? Maybe in a future year, but... It doesn't really make sense to have five teams there. You know what I mean for the for the tournament. Oh, have as many as you want. Well, it's not like you're like really like I get what you're days. saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but like oh, like tournament format, blah blah blah. I don't know. You know, but it's not like it's like it doesn't really matter who wins this tournament. You just want to play as many games. Sure, as possible. sure. Throw another day on there. Bring in Seattle. Okay. More prospects. We'll be out. Well, Can I'll they be have out. Prospects there. though. And yeah, they, I think true. that's the biggest problem. I don't think they'd have enough prospects. Yeah, to ice I was a just team. thinking that too, but <laughs> they'll figure it out. 
They'll figure it out. Bring, okay. the, bring the Thunderbirds up here. They had a good year. There you go. Okay. Or having a good year. I think they're still in the WHL playoffs. The Thunderbirds? Yeah. I don't, or not. Who am I? Yeah. Seattle. What's the yeah, Seattle oh, WHL team? I UBC. I'm like, what are you talking about? No, Seattle about? Thunderbirds. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. WHL. Sorry, sorry. We don't go south of the border here. Okay. Well, yeah, because I got to get my passport figured out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that on a Patreon episode. Uh, but I just wanted to quickly get this in. Speaking of the Oilers, the Oilers fans and, and some media having a meltdown over Sportsnet and the Scores Twitter accounts poking fun at the Oilers getting eliminated from the playoffs. I don't understand this at all. I think it's ridiculous. I think if those fans were around in 2011 when it was literally everybody versus the Canucks, they may have actually spontaneously combusted. I don't know what would have happened to these fans because the sensitivity here is ridiculous. And for those that don't know, the score tweeted out uh, a Oilers logo getting erased by an avalanche-colored hockey glove and replaced with the word losers. Uh, the avalanche <laughs> wipe out the Oilers after a great season. And then Sportsnet's post uh, was a man falling face-first into a swamp after getting bonked on the head by an avalanche logo captioned, Turn the lights off, carry me home, which is obviously the reference to the Blink-182 song. Uh, all the small things that they sing uh, during the Colorado games, which is so cool, by the way. I think you saw that yeah. live, right? Um, but those were the posts, and fans just lost their minds. Both outlets deleted their tweets, and that, I don't know, like, like okay, so Canucks Army, for those that don't know, we're partnered with, we're not partnered, our, our parent company is the Nation Network. Oilers Nation is the biggest site in the Nation Network. They're based out of Edmonton, all that. You've heard this all before. I'm regretting not posting anything, because even though, most of the people at our company are Oilers fans. I think they would have found that funny. I think so. If we post that on Canucks Army, I'm regretting it now because Sportsnet and the score both deleted their tweets. It's like, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it was like, it's like, come on. It's sports, man. Like, this is the thing yeah. where you're allowed to, like, this is the spot where you should be, like, joking as much as possible. And it's like, I just, I don't know. That, I just hope we never get to a point where it's like, you can't joke about sports anymore. Like, this, this is, is what, serious, guys. Yeah, like this is what sport. And they got swept, man. Like they had a they had a fine run. If you're the Oilers and you told them like, hey, you're going to uh, to get to the Western Conference Finals against the Avalanche this year, you tell an Oilers fan at the start of the year, it'd be like, hell yeah, sign me up. We'll you know we'll see what we can do against the uh, the Avalanche in the Western Conference Finals. So they should be. They the city was great. I think getting swept and having like you know, <laughs> I'm not saying like it was bad by Sportsnet in the score, but like good for them like immediately going at it like right after they yeah. were swept like that's awesome that's funny that's sports like go you know go have some fun with it dude this is Although, like you're you playing know, a sport for a living like someone did point out and this is this is the only fair criticism said what were they posting when toronto got swept it was like eulogies or not swept sorry lost in game seven to tampa it was like eulogies of where do they go from here this is heartbreaking this they gave us respect so in the handshake yeah line. that was yeah. the big story of the night <laughs> yeah exactly so you know what that's a very fair criticism actually i don't i don't even remember what they had but here's the thing you can't even leave the Leafs fan base is so big, they get canceled like that. So they That's can't even enough. take they, they, <laughs> they can't even take that risk there. But like even if we think of like just remember that night where the Leafs did get eliminated, like the memes were all over the place. Like oh, I remember yeah. I put out a tweet it was just like drop your leaf memes underneath here. I got like a hundred comments of like leaf memes <laughs> that people were making. So like, you know, and the Leafs fan base is you know one of the biggest here, maybe in the NHL. So like to see that they weren't wanting as much, I don't know. I found it I didn't I didn't see like a lot of the Oilers whining that you talked about quads. Maybe you see a little bit more than this than I do. Cause I know you follow a lot more Oilers people, but 
like Oilers Nation did an excellent job. I seen Elliot Friedman gave a shout out to uh, our boy Zach Lang as well for like the coverage that they did over there. So shout out to the our sister company or brother company or whatever you want to call them over there at uh, the freaking Oily Boys, whatever they are. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I I, I thought it was all fair, <laughs> yeah. honestly, and I didn't think there was much of a problem with the tweet. I just thought it was. I thought it like. It wasn't because like the way that I've been like trained to do tweets at Sportsnet 650 is like you don't want to like push the limit too much or like do too you know, get too risky. You just want to like get the information out there and, you know, have it out there. So like shouts to whoever was running the Twitter account for Sportsnet <laughs> the day because people all think this well, like this is a little, a little you know, inside baseball here, but it's not like. You know, the people running these accounts for like Sports Center normally just like a producer who's working the show. Like when I'm, you know, when you see tweets from Sportsnet 650, that's not like the social media person for Sportsnet 650. It's, it's me, like as I'm producing the show, having to put out those tweets. So, like, shout outs to, to whoever did that for Sportsnet. I hope they didn't get fired because the tweets had to get deleted, but like, you know, they they went for it a little bit, and I like that. I think that's great. And if you see, like, the Bleacher Report or all these other NBA accounts, these oh, big yeah. media, they, they do that kind of stuff all Routinely. the time. So it's just soft, especially when you look at how the 2011 Canucks were villainized. Like, yeah. they were actually villainized. People hated Kessler and Burroughs. I've never seen a team since then villainized as much as the 2011 Canucks. So yeah, it was yeah. an us versus them kind of thing. There I was think, like some whispers of it. I feel like when Edmonton got to the final four and won the battle of Alberta of like Canada's team now. And like, you know, that, that didn't really catch. Oh, that come was, on, no, man. I'm saying like, that no, was I, going I know, I know. I'm not saying like, come on to you. Yeah. No, for like a day or two, that felt like something that was around Twitter and they yeah. did not catch at <laughs> all with anybody. Cause everyone was like, honestly, like I think that final was, was going to just be about like how fun it was to watch McDavid and McKinnon. Like, and yeah. I had a lot of fun watching the Western conference final watching, those players go to battle every night. I think there was, there was some moments where, well, there was a lot of moments where Colorado just looked much superior, but you got the good runs from McDavid. You got, you know, the McKinnon line looked great as well. Like it was what I think a lot of us expected. I think if you would have gone back in time and like given, you know, a couple outcomes that you would have thought this series was going to go on, a lot of people would have said, you know, a sweep by the, by the avalanche. That didn't shock me at all. No, exactly. I think and the goaltending was the thing that I was worried about for, for the avalanche and it didn't end up costing them in the series. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Oilers, but the one thing I want to say about the Oilers is this feels like this is their best. This is the best team they can make. And I think Ken Holland's going to make some bad moves this off season and they're going to backfire next year, but I don't spend too much time talking about it. Harmon, you had something that you talked about right before the show went on air here. Lessons from the Tampa Bay Lightning that the Vancouver Canucks should be taking. I thought it was a really interesting point you brought up. So go ahead. Yeah, so I I was just kind of looking at the way the Lightning are constructed. And you look at their right side, it's actually pretty weak. They've got Eric Chernak, who is a stud top four defenseman, right? Defensively oriented, shut down guy, big physical. So that's the one box you'd need to check off. And, and make no mistake, Chernak is an absolute beast. But behind him... They have Zach Bogosian and Calfoot, both of whom are replacement-level defensemen. Now, why can they get away with a fairly weak right side? Well, because they've got the best left side in the NHL with Hedman, McDonough, and Sergachev. Now, the point I'm trying to make there is when you then look at the Canucks' blue line situation, and they have a, a, a good starting point on the left side with Hughes and ekman Larson. the right side is obviously a disaster, what that tells me is, yes, the Canucks are going to need at least one stud righty, but you don't necessarily need two, right? The Tampa model has shown that you can have three uh, three horses, three of your four horses 
be left-handed defensemen as long as they're good enough. And so that that sort of tells me that whether it's the draft or whether it's on the trade market and you're potentially shopping, let's say, a JT Miller or a Connor Garland or, or a Brock Besser, and you're looking for defense prospects, don't limit your search exclusively to right-handed defensemen. Obviously, if all else is roughly equal, you can go out and you can you, you prefer the righty. But in absence of that, chase the highest upside player possible. Chase, chase the player that you think has the chance to be an elite defenseman, regardless of if he plays the left side, regardless of if he plays the right side. The Canucks just need more elite blue line talent, period. Uh, I mean, imagine if... I remember all those kind of years ago, back in 2019, I think it was, and ironically, JT Miller was part of that McDonough deal. But um, imagine if the Lightning looked at their left side and said, oh, we have Hedman, we have Sergachev, and uh, and and went, we, we can only go after right-handed defensemen. They wouldn't have traded for McDonough, and, and yeah. McDonough's been such a beast for them. And, and McDonough, actually, the Lightning have so many stars that he kind of gets overlooked in terms of his, his value. Mm. Um he is such an important core player for them. And and that was at a time when everyone was saying, should the Lightning go after Eric Carlson, right? The, obviously, the Sharks ended up getting him, but people looked at, at Tampa's right side and said, ah, it's kind of weak. They should go after a righty. And guess what happened? They, they instead went for the lefty, and now they've, now they've got Stanley Cups to show for it. Again, we'd prefer the righty, but we just in Vancouver, we just need elite blue line talent, period. I found it interesting too because, like, I believe I, I saw this in the regular season that Victor Hedman's most consistent partner was Jan Ruda, yeah, right? Who like is now what playing? I think he's just like third pairing, even yeah. like getting like did he get scratched this this playoff? Yeah, he for was them? scratched yeah. at points. Yeah. So he's the guy who played most consistently with your like list. Like Victor Hedman's by far the number one there. Like you mentioned McDonough, yeah. and you bring up Sergeyev, great example of good left shot defenseman. But you know Hedman's the number one guy. And they found a fit with Ruda. I'm sure that they want to have like a better option, especially yeah. with a guy like Hedman, who like very different defenseman. Victor Hedman is from Quinn Hughes here in Vancouver, where with Hughes, you need a bigger body with Hedman. You can play whatever right D just makes sense. So, like they have some real options on how they can build like a long term pairing for him. And that's kind of interesting that Hedman's still been able to be in the Norris conversation every year for the last handful of years. It feels like and he doesn't have this right D who even helps him. So, like, I'm not saying the Canucks need to go that way. I really think because of the way that Quinn Hughes plays and just honestly, like, you hate to say it, but like, because of his size and the fact that he's not a six foot seven monster like Victor Hedman, I, I still think it's a little bit more important to have a really you kind of need a defenseman to be the guy playing with Quinn Hughes more than you do a guy like Hedman. Yeah, it is fair. And I think. Though the one thing to actually a couple things for starters, I think a lot of people also look at, oh, if you have three lefties, well, how are you going to get enough ice time? Well, you look at the way Tampa's minutes are distributed on the back end. Sergachev still plays a ton of minutes, despite technically on paper being on a third pair um, there. If you look at their top four defense and by ice time, uh, Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev all cracked the list. So it's not a matter of uh, just because let's say Jan Ruda is playing next to Victor Hedman. He's not going to be playing 20, 22 minutes a night. Yeah. Um, they finally find ways to creatively feed their lefties the the majority of the minutes um and secondly i mean you brought up a great point in terms of the the size thing what that kind of tells me is a luke shen type defenseman could be that that sort of um ruda type guy again all of this assumes that 
again, you'd want a right, you'd want uh, two stud righties in a sure. perfect world. But if if there's a scenario where, let's say, at the deadline, everybody was talking, there was a little bit of speculation about, oh, could the Canucks land Bowen Byram type thing? Um, if if let's say there had ever been a scenario in the deadline where a Byram was available, um, and the Canucks are, let's say, again, this is all hypothetical because Byram's not going to be available anymore, but. Let's say they were they were looking at Byram and let's say Nils Lundqvist in uh, in the Ranger system. You could look at look at those two and say, all right, we really want the righty in Lundqvist. But if Byram's a way better prospect and he's and he's got a much better shot of being an elite defenseman, and that's that's the sort of scenario where it applies. And you say, let just take the best defenseman, take Byram, uh, even though you'd, you'd want, even though the righty would be the better fit. Or um, even in, even to bring up the same uh, Rangers example, and again, I don't think the Rangers would have were willing to give him up. I think the Canucks uh, we're seeing we're, we're kind of kicking tires. Uh, but Keandre Miller. Um, mm. Again, same sort of situation. If if there was a scenario where the Canucks could have landed Miller um, as opposed to Lundqvist, I don't think the Canucks would have lo- should have looked at Miller and been like, ah, he's a lefty, though. We already have two good lefties. No, you go out, go out in that situation and you get Keandre Miller if he's available. So I, I think like that's, that. where, that's where that philosophy applies, where if there's a big talent differential, um, just chase the best defenseman. And Keandre yeah. Miller has been fantastic yeah. in these oh, playoffs. Like, he's been excellent. I think we all knew he was good, but... This is making me think, okay, this guy could push himself into that Norris conversation in years to come. And again, I know the Norris is basically Kale McCars to lose for the next X amount of years. And even though I gave Roman Yossi a first place vote, I've already talked about this. Um, you know, there's kind of that upper echelon of um, of defensemen in the NHL. And seeing Keandre, Keandre Miller's performance in the playoffs is making me think he can really push to that level. Like he could be in that tier. I don't see it personally, especially because I don't. I don't think he has power play upside, and um, the biggest thing is I don't like his decision making with the puck. But I, I agree overall that he's going to be a, a stud. I liked him a lot as yeah. a prospect. I um, I earlier in the year before the Miller hype started to kind of um, pick up steam, um, I've I've, I've always been a fan of his game. Uh, but yeah, he's a really high upside player. And obviously, again, he's played himself off the market. The Canucks aren't going to get him yeah. anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it applies or just chase upside. Exactly. And the only chance Miller ever has of getting power play time is if they go two defensemen in. Because yeah. Adam Fox isn't going anywhere. Yeah. yeah, I think you can also look at this to another level like in the draft. And I think you mentioned that a little bit earlier. But the Canucks need, and not only because they need defense prospects in general, but you need to just like... You don't know what your team's going to look like by the time that defenseman gets here either. And having, like you said, like let, let's look at the the Avalanche as an example. Being able to bring in a prospect like Bowen Byram to just come into your team when you're starting to become a playoff team, or like, like they've been a playoff team for a while, but when you're starting to get deeper into the playoffs, and now you're adding Bowen Byram as your third pairing defenseman, like to come in like on the depth charts, but now he's playing even more minutes. He's playing like top four minutes now for Colorado. Say the Canucks do that with you know. Leon Bixell or Owen Pickering or these big, big left shot defensemen who are really going to be there between where the Canucks are going to pick at 15 and where they might trade down to somewhere, you know, between 15 and 25. You really need to just go after the best defenseman. And I see that so much from people like replying or in the comment section for a lot of the draft covers that we're doing right now. And it's like, why are we keep bringing up these European left shot defensemen? We need a big right shot Canadian kid. It's like, no, take the best defenseman, dude. Like, are, I, I, I don't mean, like, listen, maybe you think the Canucks are leader right D, but are you stupid if you're not taking the best defenseman? 
Like, seriously, yeah. you need to take, like, the best player available, whether it be a left shot or right shot guy. I've been saying that the whole time for the draft because you don't know if the Canucks and their management group's able to even, like, shake out an OEL in the next two to three years somehow to move him somewhere or what happens with the team moving forward if OEL moves to the right side. Or, like, there's so many possibilities that to draft a defenseman, and, and this is the whole take of, you know, don't draft by position if you're drafting with your first-round pick, but, like, don't draft by position and side. Like, it's not like it would be like going in there and be like, well, we don't really want this guy because Slavkovsky plays more on the left wing, but we need a guy to play right wing on our team. Like, it just seems ridiculous to me. Like, you need to go the Canucks specifically, the way their prospect pool is, they need quality just as much as they need quantity, man. They need, they need, qu- like, they need quantity of quality, like, moving forward. They need so much that you can't pick and choose just to get a right D in this draft. Like, I think it's ridiculous, Even, but I'm also like, I do sort like, I get where you're, I really understand your point harm, but I still think that like goal number one for the Canucks and to, to not to like throw out your whole argument, but like they need a right shot defenseman to play with Quinn Hughes. Like that needs to be number one that they're doing this off season because now that you have Hughes locked up, I think that he just, you want to make one of your best players like even better. And I think that getting the right shot defenseman still needs to be like the number one thing for the Canucks. But like, I do see your point. I think their left side looks solid with like Travis Dermott's numbers, like just been, been looking at a little bit more, like even like the hockey viz charts that I've been looking at with, with Dermott lately. Like he was like the best defenseman defensively, like in Toronto, though he was playing against bottom six competition a lot. So it's kind of a little bit different situation, but he has excellent numbers like defensively and offensively. So to see like Dermott and Rathbone fighting out for that third spot, you have to feel pretty good about the Canucks' left side. But to your point, if you can add a better player that's better than those two, absolutely you should go for it, even if he is a left-shot guy. And now you have five NHL-quality left-shot defensemen. You can make it work. Yeah, and even with... Look at Colorado, right? Uh, A couple summers ago, where they already had Sam Gerrard. They already had uh, Bowen Byram in the system as, as... they were basically set long term on the left side in terms of puck moving offensive defensemen. That did, and if anything, they needed probably a second righty behind Kim Akar. Right. Um, and especially with how injury prone Eric Johnson is, and yet they went out and, and still got Devon Taves. They didn't yeah. look at their left side and say we have enough uh, lefty puck movers for the long term. They said screw it. Devon Taves is so good. This is a unique unique opportunity. We're uh, we're gonna take advantage of it, and again, like I don't want to get it confused where I'm saying, oh, like don't don't go after these right right shot defensemen. You still need your Eric Chernak, right? Like, yeah, but don't limit yourself to exactly. It, right? That's that's, that's all I'm saying. So, yeah. yeah, no, most definitely. I think it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, and there's there's a couple like other options out there that I was really curious. Like Connor Clifton had really good numbers with Boston last year. He might not even be a guy. Where, where Boston's going to have to make a decision, right? Because with all the injuries that the Bruins are going to have going into next season, the questions behind Bergeron now firing their coach, like a guy like Clifton's on a one-year, $1 million deal. He He's physical for a guy who's 5'11", and moved the puck really well, was one of the best you know, top 25 defenders for expected goals against last last year of defensemen who played a thousand minutes. Uh, I, I really like Connor Clifton as a guy that they could target. I mean, at $1 million next year, that's a guy who I like think that even though he's 5'11", like I would play him with Quinn Hughes. I think he's I a huge upgrade to to Luke Shen. I like Clifton a lot, but I don't. I, don't, I think he's too small to play with Hughes. Even though yeah. he he plays that, even though he plays with an edge, it's kind of like, yeah. I I, I just think that that pairing would be too small, and Clifton's only ever done it in kind of a sheltered role, right? That's but true. I, I still think, th- I still like him a lot that, as a player. Yeah, and those are the guys that are playing with Hughes, though. Like, and that's what kind of like piqued my interest of Clifton was like. 
you look at his numbers playing in a in a death roll compared to Luke Shen's numbers in a death roll, and like they were very impressive. Like very impressive defensively is like I, I just think he's the type of player that would be an example. Uh, you know, and then like really cheap options like. Are you more of a fan of like a Colin Miller coming off like an injured year? I don't like Colin. Miller. I, I I used I used yeah. to like him as a potential roll of dice on the guy. He's you can't trust him defensively, right? I, I I'm gonna be really it's tough to find the right and and it's interesting because I think in an ideal world too, I think Canucks look at their their decor and I think they feel man we would love it if we could run a Dermot Shen third pair mm-hmm. and on paper that would be one of the best third pairs in the NHL too. It's just, can you find the right guy? And that's even when you look at the free agent market outside of Latang, there's a whole lot out there. I mean, people will talk about Josh Manson who's Josh Manson is going to get overpaid. And I've been watching him closely in the playoffs just because I know that there's going to be discussion about Manson. Yeah. He's physical. Yeah. He plays abrasively. Yeah. He can break up the cycle. I'm not in love with some of his net front coverage. Mm. I haven't loved his game, to be totally honest, uh, in these playoffs. I just think he's the sort of player who is going to get overpaid personally and for agency, given the scarcity of, of right-shot defensemen and particularly his kind. So I look at Manson and I, and I go, yeah, he'd be nice to have, but at what cost, right? And so it's not going to be an easy hole to fill this offseason, especially if you're trying to find a plug-and-play option. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, for, just on top, like, for Hughes' situation, I don't think you're going like even with trading. I just think there's such a value on a guy that you like love as a right shot guy to play in your first part. Like Jan Root is a free agent; he's going to get paid too, like in a similar way that Manson, because he was able to play with Victor Hedman and be the guy playing top five on five minutes. Like Jan Root is going to get paid; he's not even playing very much in the playoffs now. Like he's going to get a massive payment this offseason because someone's going to be like, "Oh, he's a big body; you can play the right side with our." our left shot defenseman and sure up our top four. Yeah, maybe. I, I think Root is different though, because I think people look at Hedman and go, Root is not a legit top four D. Whereas Manson has been a top four D for a really long time. Yeah. So, but you're right. But I with don't the think right D market, I think Root is going to get paid. Maybe, maybe. Um, like but he's not coming in making 1.5 or even 2.5 next year. Like I'm seeing him over three and a half. Probably. I don't see it. I don't no? see that. I, I think Root is going to get paid. I was, I was, I, was saying, think, I would say the Canucks would maybe want to go for a guy like that. Like if you want to look at I don't an think, option. To be totally honest with you, I don't even think Root is better than Luke Shen. Really? Or they're, wow. they're, I think they're in the same tier is yeah, kind of my point okay. as like third pair guys who next to an elite defenseman can kind of hold their own. Okay. So I was just going to say, because like, when I, when I, I was going to transition here a little bit to Harmon, you said the right D market on free agencies is like not great aside That's from the tank. Yeah. I just looked at it, and Harmon couldn't have been more bang on. Oh, Do you yeah. want to hear some of the names that are topping this free agent well, t- class? Yeah, tell me more about Eric Branson being a top five. <laughs> oh, option. my gosh. So, P.K. Subban, Anton Strahlman, John Klingberg obviously is going to get paid. Josh Manson, Justin Schultz, Colin Miller, Ethan Bear. Is Ethan Bear an option, right? Like, and, and I think he's an RFA, too. Yeah, He is, yes. No, he's not. Yeah, uh, he is. Yes, he is. Sorry. I don't know why it listed him but erica branson is a name out there as well like i saw someone saying oh they should bring back stetcher or good branson because both of those guys can play in the third pair role yeah erica branson was misused here i think we've talked about that a lot but do you want a reunion in vancouver i'm not so sure static about coming back (laughs) man i was i'm in my final two weeks here at sportsnet 650 i had my biggest yelling match of my career at sportsnet the other day when, when bick was talking about trading for connor murphy 
Like, if you get into the point of, like, Connor Murphy's making $4.4 million, he's probably the worst puck mover to play top four minutes last year. Like, and he, that's the guy that you want. Like, the conversations about the right D market are just wild to me. Absolutely wild what's going to happen to this team. And that's where it's like, harm your whole point. Like, even to circle us back to it is like, maybe LD is going to be the spot where, like, you are going to get yeah. significant value with what the right shot defensemen are going to be asking for. This is, a like, a premium position, but... Something else you brought up, which is really, I think, important to touch on is like, look at how these teams that are remaining, look at how good Tampa's doing it. Look at how good Colorado's doing it, where they're just getting their best defenseman more ice time, whether they're left shot or right shot. They're figuring out ways, like you've been saying, to get them on the ice more. It doesn't need to be, you know, Quinn Hughes with Luke Shen for 18 minutes of five on five every night. There's times where you can throw a, a pairing out of. OEL and Quinn Hughes. There's times where maybe you really need offense and it's Jack Rathbone playing with Quinn Hughes. Like there's little minutes where it's like, yes, I wouldn't play Rathbone with Quinn Hughes for 18 minutes a night, but would three minutes of five would two long shifts hurt the Canucks that bad every night. I, I honestly really wanted to see for certain situations and, and shifts OEL Hughes. Yeah. Like I, I think to me, especially because, and this is uh, this is one of those things too, where you stack your two best defensemen together for again certain situations. This isn't a consistent. You're not starting your game with with OEL Hughes, but no. you can find you can manufacture ways to get um like like you kind of mentioned. You can you can find ways to get the defenseman that you want up to the minutes up to the twenty plus minutes you want, um, even if they're on different D pairs. Yep. I know I completely agree with that. I think that's something they could explore more. And I think, you know, Travis Derwin's a good example of a guy you're confident to play the right side. Like, you know, is there a time where you really need to move the puck up when you have, you know, your top line loaded with Pedersen up there? It doesn't hurt to throw the Dermot Hughes pairing out there every once in a while. It doesn't need to be Hughes and Shen or Hughes and insert right D who's defensively responsible here. Like, there's times where you, I think you can push that a little bit and kind of that's going to get you more ice time for your good puck moving defenseman who might be buried a little bit on a third pairing. And that could be Jack Rathbone or Travis Dermott. Just to, just to outline once again how bleak the right handed defense UFA market is on Cap Friendly's list, Noah Juleson is listed at 21. Among all of all of the options, so Yikes. Troy Stetcher ten, Eric Branson eight. It's it's bleak out there, folks. Louis so. Erickson's flipping a stick to the other side. He's going to hop into the RD market <laughs> next. Year. I, okay, a couple things. I was so I I put it in a couple group chats. I said, "Am I crazy or is PK Subban like a good option for the Canucks to go get at a really low number?" I I, I thought about it a little more, kind of worked it out. I am crazy. That is not a good option. And <laughs> Subban. Kind of held his own, but he's playing like 18 minutes a night on a third pair and with Ty Smith. And yeah, I don't think PK Subban is an option because someone messaged it to me and I thought like, oh my gosh, like this this might be it. Like Subban's going to come in. He's going to be cheap. Uh, we know the owner here loves guys you've heard of per 60 on this team. So PK Subban, I, I thought about it for a second. Then I thought about it a little more. I feel more. like when you told me two and a half million, I was like, yeah, I'd go for PK well, yeah, two but and he, a half. He's going to be a third pair guy, right? And but Maybe he is he, a third pair guy who can play in your top four. If you're a bad team. If you're a bad team. Which right? we'll see what the Canucks are next. I mean, they've got Luke Shen playing in their top four, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess PK Subban makes a little more sense than I thought at first, but 
I don't know. The, the it's UFA just, market. It's another is example of like the right D market is an absolute mess. Like I'll tell you what, I've seen people like they see how much money like Ronaldo makes and how much uh, Mbappe got on his last deal, and they saw like, oh, I'm gonna make my kid into a soccer player. It's like, no, dude, if you're Canadian, get your kid right-handed playing defense. Like that's <laughs> what you should be doing. Oh man. Okay. Uh, we'll transition a bit here. Report from Elliot Friedman on Donnie and Dolly. Uh, that Mike Yo is reportedly a name to keep an eye out for if the Canucks add an assistant coach. Uh, and then just around the league, we've heard Mike Smith, Jason Gregors uh, of Oilers Nation reporting that Mike Smith is contemplating retirement, thinking about it. So something to keep an eye on. He's got one year left on his deal. So the goaltending situation with Miko Koskinen's contract obviously expiring could look a little bit different uh, in Edmonton next year. And then Johnny Gaudreau getting a full court press from the Calgary Flames. Uh, that, according to Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravalli. So that's something to keep an eye on, the Gaudreau thing especially, because if the Flames go all out and it's north of 10.5 or it's north of 11 million, there's going to be some good players available from Calgary. Like, they're not going to be able to fit all of that. They have 11, they still have to get Kachuk done. They have 11 expiring contracts. You have to allocate, I'd say, at least 18 million, maybe 16, 17 is more the range. To Kachuk and Gaudreau, like you have to allocate that much to to those two guys, and then you're not left with much else. They've got their entire third pairing is expiring on expiring contracts. They've got eleven main roster players that are on expiring deals, and they've got to get it done with twenty six million dollars worth of cap space. So it's going to be something to keep an eye on because the names like Andrew Manjupane. Does Tyler Toffoli somehow become available I'd, in trades again? I'd be surprised. I think they Toffoli's good value. Toffoli's I think good value. They, I think they find a way to get rid of. Uh, Monahan. Mm. Well, he's on LTIR. We'll see on on his situation. If well, I don't know if he's going to be on LTIR the entire year. That's fair. Because if he's not going to, then you have to find a situation where you can trade him. Yeah, I think um, we talked to Ryan Lynch on the too. Sportsnet show, and he was saying that like that's the situation with Monahan is he is going to come and try and play. I don't think he's a long term yeah, yeah, yeah. LTIR. So guy. I think they, I think they'll try and move Monahan and Lucic, and if and if they have to pay assets for that, then then so be it. But even if you retain, let's say half on Monahan at three million or whatever, a little a shade over three million, uh, and I know he's coming off injuries and and whatnot, and not a great year, but teams are always looking for centers. Would and and you could practically get him for free. Is there a team out there with cap space that would want to roll the dice on a potential middle six center for essentially free? It wouldn't surprise me. And then if you have to pay assets to get rid of Lucic's last uh, last deal, especially since I think most of the cash is already going to be paid out after a signing bonus, yep. so it shouldn't be the hardest contract to move. I agree. I mean, if you can find a way to squeeze squeeze out, let's say a Dylan Dubé, yeah. I think that could be a, a realistic possibility. But, yeah, I'd be surprised if a Toffoli or Mangiapane yeah. became available. That's fair. I, I'd be worried if I was the Flames. If you're a Flames fan, though, like, I I think this was your year where you had all the chips. Similar yeah. similar with the Oilers, guys. Like, I don't very know. I think the Oilers, the Oilers have some players coming that are going to... What are they going to do? They can't re-sign Evander Kane. I don't think they're going to. That's, their, that's like, their leading scorer in the playoffs other than the two guys ahead of them. Yeah, well, that'll be Kuzmenko next year anyways. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. Kuzmenko... Want to do that on the other side? we got to get to a break here? Or what's going on? Oh, yeah, we'll go to break... Actually, we don't even have any, you know, why Why are we going to do a break? All right. Well, I, I've been, we'll trying, to to, poll question I've been soon. trying to crack this energy drink. I don't want to do it live on the air here. Here, I'll meet your mic. Well, no, no, no. Crack no, your no. energy. Okay, well, crack we, your we, energy. We, we got to hear it now. No, no one can hear you. I muted your mic. No one. I've still got your mic muted. Nobody can hear you. Can you not hear me in the background? 
I'm sure people can hear that. Okay, here. I unmuted your mic. You're free from jail. Anyways. Okay. So, Rick Dollywall. Trying reporting. to crack this thing for a half an hour here. How deep are we into the show? Dude, we're 51 minutes in. That's what I say. I was like, this is the longest we've gone on taking a break. I know, you know, P49 is off the table now, you know. Okay. But that's too bad. Can I get to this report, please? Yeah. Okay. Free agent Andre Kuzmenko has landed in L.A. That's what Dolly Wall tweeted. So I'm like, oh, okay, we got to get this. He's signed with Dude, L.A. the way that showed up on my Twitter, because, like, you know how a tweet comes down, and, it, you know, when you get the whatever, you're scrolling something else, and then the, you get the notification, and it doesn't show the full tweet. It shows, like, the first three lines normally, and that's the way it was. And so, like, I, I was just, like, I quickly looked at it, and I was like, oh, and I was just, like, driving out of, uh, of my parking garage at the time, and I just saw the notification come down. I'm like, god oh, damn it, that sucks. He landed in L.A., I was like, the Kings, who I didn't even know were in on them, uh, are the team that ended up getting them. So I was like, wow, that sucks. And then I get here to the studio, and I'm like, oh, wait. And I read the whole tweet. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So the rest of the tweet, he will start meeting with teams on the shortlist. No meeting date has been scheduled for Vancouver yet, but Canucks will get a second interview. Decision is still a couple weeks away on Russian free agent Andre Kuzmenko. Chris? What do you think the Canucks' actual chances are of getting him signed? I think the Canucks' chances are 35% for the Vancouver Canucks. That seems low. But you know what? I did the predictions article not too long ago, and I predicted the Edmonton Oilers because I feel like they just have more firepower to offer. They have the PP1 time, potentially. They have all these all these different things that they can offer Kuzmenko, aside from living in Edmonton. Send them the video, the tourism video. <laughs> send, them, send them the tourism video. <laughs> the Jason Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I think Edmonton is 50%. I liked Edmonton. Like, I like going there. Okay. Uh, okay, get out of here. It's true. You already, well, oh, yeah, you're in contract negotiations. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm all good. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. Anyways, uh, I think Edmonton, I'd peg Edmonton at 50%. I'd peg the Canucks number two at 35%. I'd put Vegas at uh, about 10%. And then uh, what do I got left here? 5%? Yeah. Some wild card team. Okay. All right, ready for the poll question? Which I did while you guys were talking. Edmonton, Vegas, Canucks. Those are my three that are the names that I've heard around uh, Kuzmenko. I went a little off the board for the did poll you? question today. Oh, I great. did. Our episode 269 extra nice, nice poll question brought to you by Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order of pop rinds, which if you haven't heard already, folks, are the best fresh pork rinds straight out of your microwave or air fryer go check them out locally owned company atlasgds.com our friends at atlas goods you put a little uh, elote on there you put a little bit of that on there a little sprinkle of uh, elote uh, seasoning on there bada bing bada boom i don't even know what that is i don't know what it is either but it's uh, some sort of cheese and i've heard guy fieri talk about it before so uh all about it i got it uh, girlfriend ran down to uh, the states and went to trader joe's and got some uh, came back with some of these spices she's all on these tiktoks uh is where it they cheese source it's similar it's cheese spice Oh, okay. So it's not a source. Uh, it's a spice. Uh, but she goes down. She watches all these uh, TikToks of this lady who does these Trader Joe hauls, which, uh, which is apparently pretty uh, like Trader Joe's is apparently uh, pretty big. On I the, was uh, trying to explain this here. to the oily boy. So I go on. I go on our friends Here at Oilish Nation's podcast and I explain to them the runs down to the States and they did not understand it at all. They were like, why? What do they have that you don't have here? I'm like diff- various spices, various cheeses. There's lots of different options. Yep. Cheap gas. Cheap gas. Cheaper gas. 
we really need that right now. Yeah, no, that's true. But I was trying to explain this to them, and they, they did not get it anyways. Yeah, you sprinkle a little bit of that on your pork rinds. There, there you, you go. Cheddar, cheddar bacon pork rinds. There you go. I forgot we were in the poll question. Yeah, so, no, Atlas sure. Goods, atlasgds.com, promo code CC15. That's what you got to get on these TikToks here. You get to uh, follow these accounts for the rundowns to the state. They got a whole TikTok section, Quads. There you go. You wouldn't know. You're for use all Addison Ray doing uh, <laughs> Renegades and uh, dancing. <laughs> I don't know. So, Harmon, I don't know if you know this. I don't know who Addison Ray is, and I haven't looked her up because I think this is a funny bit that Chris keeps saying that I, like, only watch Addison Ray. I don't know who this is. It's not a bit. I don't know if this is an adult actress. I have no clue <laughs> what he's not. talking about. But he thinks I keep watching Addison Ray. I don't know who this is. Anyway, okay. Our poll question, 269. Uh, extra nice poll question. You hear the quiver in your voice as you lie through the mic, quads. <laughs> I straight up don't know who this is. What team will win the Stanley Cup? That's what I went with. I had to come oh up with goodness. this all by myself. What, you haven't had any espresso wow, that's really today. Creative. That's a good question. A <laughs> come on. That's a good question. Oh, man. That's a good question. Oh, that's mailing. It's not even Friday and you mail it in already. <laughs> Holy cow. That's the poll question on a big episode 269. We're gonna... That's a good question. Oh, my goodness. Come on. What's next? Who's the, who's the best player in the <laughs> NHL? How many teams in the NHL city start with V? <laughs> That's trivia. Come on. This is a good question. I, 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 I'm i going to say, I'm going to say it right now. There's only three teams left. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. So we only have four spots, one of which is I'm angry. It worked perfectly. Well, I don't know what I'm voting right on this now. one, yeah. So I'm I'm telling you, I bet you both pick wrong. I bet you anything. Like, let's I'm bet. angry let's, 80%. No, let's make a bet. Let's make a bet that you're both going to pick the wrong team. Well, actually, we can't because you'll just pick different teams. But anyway, no. uh, I'll read you the results. 0% of people say Rangers. Uh, 66% leading the vote, the Colorado Avalanche, 20% lightning and 14% say I'm angry guys. I don't know about you. I'm going with the minority here. Tampa Bay lightning. I'm saying that the lightning are going to win the cup. They are going to three Pete. Well, I'll oh, my you, poll question doesn't suck so much anymore, does it? Now it's starting to spark some conversation and some thoughts. You literally no, it didn't because you you finished your talk and nobody said anything. So <laughs> yeah, but you were both thinking. People can't see you both. No, had we looked at each other on. and said, "Do you want to answer this?" Because I don't want to answer this. <laughs> oh, get out of here! <laughs> I would say I'm angry for the answer to this poll question because of the poll question. But here we go. New York Rangers are going to win the Stanley You're Cup. The Rangers, you're yep. going with the zero percent. That's really going with the minority. Yep, I am. Uh, I am the zero percent. There are uh, more people <laughs> who voted "I'm angry" than there are people who voted "Rangers." I well, that's what I would have voted. And as soon as I pull up my phone here, I'm voting "I'm angry." But I'll say the Rangers to play your stupid little game here on this brutal poll question. <laughs> I'll say the Rangers because I still think I think like Shosturkin is incredible when he's on and it, if he's been able to do this to the if he gets through the Tampa Bay Lightning like I, I don't know I feel like the Lightning beat the Avalanche if they get into that final like I think that one of the teams in the East can beat Colorado I think things need to fall into you know into the Rangers lap on a lot of different things I don't think they're the best team I think they're probably the worst team remaining here but I think that in playoff formats where no, not to dunk on Drance, but where anything can happen. Like I think that the Rangers might be this team because of how good their anything is with Shesterkin mm. and their defense core being, I think, a little bit better than people think. And honestly, having top end talent with that kid line working so well, like they're lose they they just lost Ryan Strom, I think, though, as well. I think and he's, Hedl. he's put out Heedles out too, so like the kid line's gonna take a, a knock at that point. But I don't know. Something about this Rangers team, I do like what they're doing. I'll be zero percent. It's funny because for the playoffs, my 
I, I usually don't have like big playoff predictions. It's because I always think it's I, I always think as long as you're one of like the top eight teams in the league at that point, anything can happen. And the anything depends on you being kind of like among the top eight ish kind of teams on paper. And we're kind of at a stage where I you could you could kind of make a case for each one of those teams. I think. Yep. For me, I'm more inclined to. I, I don't. I'm not as as high on the Rangers, obviously, just in terms of. I don't think they're as good of a team on paper. But again, I can also see that scenario. The interesting thing that I'm going to be watching for is the injury situation with Colorado, because they're out. Like Kadri's a big, big loss, uh, especially on that power play. Um, it was, you know, actually, I haven't, I haven't, I didn't pay too close attention to Colorado's man advantage. In the last couple games, uh, but when Kadri was out and they were trying Lekin in there, it, it just didn't fit the same way. Like Kadri in that bumper, yeah, they've got Makar, they've got McKinnon, they've got Rand, and I'm sure they'll and Landis. They'll sure be they'll, all right. <laughs> they'll be all right, but they they still need an elite power play, and Kadri's usually been a really big part of that. Kadri was a huge part of their second line. Um, he had a, he was having a monster playoffs, and they're already without Sam Gerrard and. Uh, Darcy Kemper's status is kind of up in the air. And that's where, for me, that worries me a little bit, the goaltending matchup in that cup, potential cup final. Because against Edmonton, it was... You could kind of go go look across and, and see Mike Smith and be like, we don't have great goaltending. They don't have great goaltending. It's it's a wash. And once you just look at the rosters on paper, we're, we're going to annihilate them. As opposed to where you look at Tampa, you're going up again, or let's say the Rangers go even make it. Both teams, yeah. Both teams, you're looking at a top two goaltender in the NHL. And that worries me a little bit, especially if you're without Kadri and Gerard. Yeah, it's a seven-game series. It's not an 82-game series. Like a seven-game series, you can have three wins from just your goaltender. Easily. Especially yeah. with those two guys, with Vasilevsky or Shesterka. That's why like, I think Kadri is a huge loss. I think you're bang on with that. And to think about it, I believe... I'm pretty sure I'm correct with this. Unless uh, the Rangers and Lightning go to Game Seven, the Stanley Cup playoffs final or the Stanley Cup final is set to start on Wednesday. So that's a full seven days off. Sorry, eight days off, like complete days where you don't play a game for the Avalanche after sweeping, and that's a minimum. If they go to seven, I think it's another day or two. Like you could end up having almost you know seven to nine days off for the avalanche team. So they're going to be able to get as healthy as possible, but also does, does that worry about you where, you know, the Rangers end up winning this massive game seven and they have momentum now going into this against a team that hasn't played in over a week. Like I, I do think that could impact the first couple of games into the series and, you know, might be something to keep an eye on as well. My crappy poll question sure sparked a lot of discussion boys. I'd like to point that out. It was just low hanging fruit. Yeah, it was. It's like, come on, man. I don't know. Whatever. I'd come up with it by myself. I'm the only one that oh, works around goodness here. It's gracious. 269 episodes and you've had to do three poll <laughs> questions. Hey, man, it's tough work. Yeah, it is. Okay. I've done it 266 times. Well, actually, no, I didn't do the first 60 episodes. That's right. But I've done it over 200 times. That's right. Actually, I don't think we've done it in the first few episodes of you and I being together either. No, I don't but think we did. Listen, I think I've, been done, a while I've done a handful of poll questions myself, so I'll say <laughs> Went down from 200, 260, 200 plus. <laughs> had had 40. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you, either of you have anything you want to talk about before we close it out here? Uh, I think we hit a lot. Uh, do you have any, any prospect stuff? Because that's usually what we do at the end of the show. Do you have no, any I obscure don't... Swedish prospect? Yeah, you tell us about the guys in the C-League. The well, like, third I'll... line, all Svenskan center. Okay, here's what I'll tell you about uh, 
a ridiculous thing that I heard from the uh, NHL draft from a scout. <laughs> yes, okay. please do. Can I know I tell this, you this story. Yes, okay. tell it, tell it. So I'm Obviously, a big... don't, don't name names. But... No, I'm not going to. Wait, is it, uh, for, uh, before you get into it, is it an NHL scout, like for an NHL team, or is it just like a, a public scout? Public scout. Okay. At the Combine. Saw a player uh, doing their interviews that I spoke to, and wasn't a fan of the player because he came out from his workout to do the interview with the media, and he had a backwards hat on and said, didn't like that. <laughs> That's what I was told. And I just find this so ridiculous that it's 2022 and a player can't go in and do a workout, a damn workout, and just come out with his hat backwards. That's going to drop him off. Didn't like that is what I heard. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like I work out with a backwards hat. I will say this, the player that I did hear uh, very much impressed uh, a lot of people. And this is a player that the Canucks could be interested in. Uh, Jonathan Lekaramaki. Apparently, he was very impressive in interviews to a lot of people. Um Leon Bixell was a guy who interviewed with all 32 teams. I think the Canucks have interest in him. Uh, he's a guy who's six foot five, left shot defenseman, really like him. I, I didn't hear anything, but from our conversation with Owen Pickering, I bet he crushed because he is <laughs> awesome. We yeah. loved he. I seriously think that was the best prospect interview we've ever had on the show was chatting with him. He was like awesome, like just a great kid to talk to. Um, and then obviously I think Jack Hughes was really impressive for the actual, just like physical output that he gave at the combine of like being the best, um, best at doing chin-ups or <laughs> like pull-ups, uh, at doing, uh, I think he finished number one in something else. Jack Hughes played with Aiden McDonough at Northeastern last year. This is the Jack Hughes I'm talking about. It's not, uh, the devil's guy going back to it's, Quinn's it's brother Kent going back Hughes, to general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. It's his son, which is so funny to me because really? he got asked about it. He's like. What are the chances you take your son first overall? He's like zero. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this guy, at least he's being honest. Um, yeah. Then I, I think just finally, like the Slavkowski thing, I think we touched on it last episode a little bit. I found it really strange that the Canucks even asked if he could play center because a lot of what Slavkowski does so well is like play the wing, just be a trigger guy. Like he is very much to me in a similar boat, a very similar boat to uh, Capo Caco, who like he is almost like a carbon copy of that type of player. Big body, similar traits of being a, a guy who has a good shot, doesn't rely on his shot, but does a lot of other things great. So uh, just some things that I've heard around the combine there. I uh, wanted to get out in the open. Did you guys see that Scott Wheeler tweet? No, which one? So apparently there was a prospect, I can't remember who it was, who was asked by, I think it was... Either Montreal or Carolina, one of the, one of those teams. I, I can't remember. Maybe maybe you can go back and find the tweet. But the prospect was asked, "Would you?" I'm I'm trying to remember the exact question. It was something stupid. It was it was like, "Would you rather pick up ten dollars off the floor or fifty dollars from uh, inside the toilet bowl, or something like that?" Interesting. And it, I don't know what the purpose of the question was. Maybe it was like trying to gauge a, the guy's win at all costs mentality. But it was <laughs> you know legitimately. No but it was gone. legitimately. It was oh, legitimately. Would you rather pick up ten dollars off the floor or ground or, or or near a toilet, or would you or would you rather pick up fifty dollars from inside the toilet? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? <laughs> this is so stupid. You know what this question would be really funny for? And it's like, okay, like. Even a lot of, I've noticed, like, a ton of, like, the Swedish prospects, their English is all really good. Finnish guys, 
some of them are hit and miss with how good their English is. Imagine like a, a kid who like is not very good at English coming in and like <laughs> you sit down with this NHL team. You've been looking forward to the combine. Like you feel like you had a good workout. You sit down and then the guys just like, you're like, okay, hi, nice oh, to meet you. You don't I, speak I very good English. And then the, the GM's just like, would you rather get $50 out of the toilet or would you rather just me give you 10 right here? The kid's just like, wait, what? Like, it's what kind of language barrier am I missing here? Okay, I, I found it. So it was, it was this prospect, Callie Odelius. It was Montreal who, who and, and this is Odelius said after. So you know it's 100% true. This is the prospect himself saying it. He said he was asked by Montreal if he would pick up $10 off the toilet seat or $50 from the toilet. And he said he chose the $50. Attaboy. He wants it. I, I think he, I would have. I would have Montreal's passing on Shane right my, now. I feel like there's more germs on the seat than there is. Yeah, inside. my instinct was for the first thing I'd retort back with, with would be, "What's the state of uh, uh, of, of the toilet itself? Is is yeah. it clean?" They like, don't like when you ask questions back. I remember a while really? back. Yeah, I remember a while back. Mm. Terry Ryan was asked a question by Mike Milbury, and he told this story a long time ago. Mike Milbury did not like that Terry Ryan got smart with him and asked questions in return. Mike Milbury didn't like that. Oh, I think well, well, do they like dumb hockey like, players? That's fair. That's a, that's a good <laughs> what was it was like you have 10 minutes left or something. Was that that story? Or yeah, it was, a, it was something about having 10 minutes to get to practice. Yeah. yeah. No, that's... Uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> also, is it a Canadian bill or an American bill? Because like Canadian bills are waterproof, right? <laughs> right? That's a good point. That's a really so good point. If it's point. a $10 bill and it's in the toilet, it's a, or a $50 American bill, it's probably ruined in the water, that's isn't it? That's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I've had this situation come up before. It was also funny hearing uh, Kirby Doc back back in an interview explaining how when he was interviewing with the Red Wings, Steve Eiserman grilled him about whether uh, he had smoked weed before. Just kept like grilling him. <laughs> That's so bad. That's what oh it is, man. Gosh. I want to hear more about these obscure questions. Like we already broke down the which animal are you question last week. Yeah. But we'll have more prospects on and we'll ask them that for sure. <laughs> yeah, what's the strangest question you got asked? That's a good one to ask prospects as we go. All right. We'll wrap it up there. For my co-hosts, Chris Faber, of course, Harmon Dial. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Money, man. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?